no matter what we face in our life. There is nothing too difficult for you. No situation or circumstance. Nothing is too difficult for you, God. We commit ourselves to you right now. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated. Heavier. <laughs> I'll just put it in the center and uh, right here. Oh. Thank you. Perfect. Yes. Let there be light. there was light. (laughs) Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Welcome to Resurrection Church. We are very excited to see everyone here. Um, First, a couple things. Uh, A big thank you to Brad and Marianne, of course, and uh, let's see, Dan and Tom and Michelle and Jerry. Thank you. Huge, huge blessing. We are very, we are thrilled to have you guys here, and uh, um, just to be able to worship the Lord, and and uh, we're just very appreciative. Um, also, want to give a, a big thanks to CL and Lisa Mitchell for last week leading worship and also teaching. Um, I got to watch it online. Uh, um, Jesse was sitting over here somewhere, I guess, and got to watch it and see my friend teach, and it was. Just whoever uh, was here was, uh, I'm sure you were blessed and very appreciated for them. Um, just um, very, very thankful uh, for that. And uh, uh, Sharon and I we, and the kids were on vacation. We just got back last night and we had a wonderful family time. Uh, we went to a, a family camp this past week in California. And, but we, we were delayed a couple days. We were in uh, San Diego for some time before that. And then they had a forest fire. And the forest fire uh, was only a mile away from the camp. And so they had to say, well, it's not yet, and the fire is 5% contained. And we have been looking for, this is a camp that's once a year, and families, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big deal. And so we were really praying and a little bit nervous because we wanted to go. And then so one day was canceled. The second day was canceled. We're like, oh, Lord, please. Uh, They had some rain, which they almost never have. I guess it was a miracle that they had rain. After two days, the next night, we were checking our emails religiously to see if we were going to have camp or not. And at 10 o'clock at night, we got the email, yes, camp is on, we're going to have it the next day or a certain day. So we were thrilled. And so we got to spend from Tuesday till Saturday morning fellowshipping with with, uh, some friends of ours who were some of the speakers, uh, Greg and Aaron Smalley. Um, They head up the marriage uh, department at Focus on the Family. Uh, Sharon's known them for a long time. 
and just hear some good speakers and wonderful worship and just be with our, with our kids and having this time where there's no cell phone signal in the woods. Well, wouldn't you know, we had Wi-Fi, but no cell phone. So <laughs> it was a... So we are very grateful, and while we were there, you could see it's in the mountains outside of uh, San Bernardino Mountains over there, and you could see um, the mountain ranges and the helicopters dropping water on the, on the, because there's a lot of smoke coming up. So it was that close. And when we came up to the camp, there's a, a big sign for the camp, and it's a huge camp, about a mile, maybe half a mile, a mile away from the camp itself, and all around the sign was all black trees that had been burnt. And the week before, they had evacuated all the staff and the people who lived in the town. And they said, as they're driving, you can feel the heat of the flames. That's how close it was. But it was a God thing that, that God caused the, the flames to go a different direction, that he sent rain not one time, but while we were there a couple times to just help do that. And so we had a wonderful time. Uh, this particular camp is the place where Billy Graham, before he started his ministry, where he made a very significant decision on going forward with ministry, would happen there. And uh, a lot of uh, famous things happened there. So the Lord's hand was there. And so we were very grateful that you guys were taken care of uh, last week and grateful just to have some time uh, as a family and reconnect, you know, with one another in our marriages. And uh, we're excited for things we want to get do in the future about marriage. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. Enough talking. So, if you have your Bibles, open to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> and we have been going through the book of Ephesians. And if you don't have a Bible, there's a blue Bible in the seat in front of you, provided by this beautiful church. We're very, very thankful for this church. Very, very, very thankful. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 uh, and verse 10 is where we're at. We're starting a section on spiritual warfare, and uh, I will not be able to cover all of spiritual warfare in one Sunday. In fact, there's huge volumes written just on the first few verses of this section, uh, large volumes of, of books uh, that you can read, and uh, we're just going to take a few moments and um, see how the Lord will direct us. Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to start in verse 10. Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord. Hold on. I don't know if it's me or my nerves. I want to to pray that God would, you know, we we, we want to give this to the Lord. Father, thank you again for your word. It is food to our soul. It is water to a thirsty heart. Lord, I ask that you would As you told Jeremiah, I will put your words in my mouth. Would you do the same for me, Lord? Would you lead me by your spirit? And would you take these words and make them penetrate our hearts, God? Would you meet us where we're at? In Jesus' name, amen. Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and, having done everything 
stand, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, praying at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that the utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I, was, I made an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. This last section in chapter 6 really is, in one sense, a, a summary of the book thus far. A lot of the themes that Paul has introduced in this book are sort of, if they find their endpoints or they're, they're woven and the threads come back together. A lot of the themes that he has talked about, themes of truth and righteousness, themes of unity, uh, are, are, are met in this chapter. Uh, this part of the chapter follows a discussion and some very practical parts of the book on relationships. Uh, he has spent chapters 4, 5, and 6 talking about our walk. The first three chapters are about doctrine, what God has done for us, how he's blessed us, how he's raised us up, how he's seated us in the heavenly places with Christ, how he took us when we were dead and he made us alive, how we were under the power of the enemy and now he's rescued us from that. The, the key word that was emphasized is the word walk. Peripatio in Greek, if you want to take notes in Greek, whatever. Living your life a certain way. In the last few chapters, relationships have been the main theme because the key of unity being one, one spirit, one body, one family. How has that played out? Husbands, love your wives. Oh, wives, submit to your husband. But <laughs> husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Submit to one another. In other words, Love each other. Honor your wives. Children, obey your parents. Right? Slaves, masters, you know, we would say employers. All this with the theme of unity. Paul then ends here. And you say, well, why is he bringing this up? The key idea here is the idea of standing firm. Well, why, Paul? Why, John? Because if God's emphasis on, is on unity and walking into relationships with one another, we, have, we, we live in a fallen world, right? Which means there is always an adversary to that unity. Husbands and wives will argue and be pulled apart. Brothers and sisters, mothers and child, you know, there's all this tension that wants to pull us apart. In light of that, Paul says, hey, listen, this is good. But you have an adversary that wants to rip that apart. You have an adversary that wants to cause disunity and division where God wants to make things one. So he says now, stand firm, be strong. There's three, sort of three movements in this chapter that I'm seeing, and I don't know if I'll get past the first one, Okay. Three movements. First of all, the movement of the empowerment that we need from God. That's the first one. The empowerment that we need from God. Second is the enemy that we face. 
And the third one is the equipping that we receive from God. Those three, those three movements, so to speak. The first one is the empowerment from God. Knowing the fact that we, that we are, live in a fallen world, <laughs> we're going to need some God-sized empowerment. He says in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It's interesting that the Lord is our strength, right? Is the Lord your strength? I don't know about you, but there's some days where I don't have the strength. I think that's most days. <laughs> or, or, I, or, I, or I toss and turn on my bed and say, Lord, I can't get through this day. I can't get one more phone call, one more email, one more fire to put out, so to speak. Oh, by the way, okay, this is a side note. Pause. We were at camp, right? So we had, we had a, guest, um, a guest worship leader. Phenomenal guy, right? You know, he lives in California now. And, of course, in, in the relaxing time when the, the kids are off alone and they're getting ready for the adults, you know, to, to have their session and everything else, he's singing some some secular songs, and the, the theme song at the end was Fire and Rain by James Taylor. That was a fitting, I don't know why I even told you that, so <laughs> unpause. <laughs> this is a little tip, this is, you know, commercial break, you know, we have short attention spans, you know, so, so do I. <laughs> what was I talking about? The empowerment that we need from God, listen, we, fa- we have a tremendous, we face a, listen, come on, every single day. Is, that's why some of us get so caught up about tomorrow's worries that t- Jesus says you have problems today that we need his power today. When Joshua is, uh, is about to go into the promised land, he's taken over from, from Moses God says at the end of Deuteronomy, he says in the beginning of Joshua, he says, be strong and courageous. You're going to go into the land. There's going to be giants. There's going to be enemies. There's going to be walls and all kinds of stuff. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because, listen, I will be with you, he says. He says, he says, um, he says in fact, uh, he says, when you go out to battle and you see your enemies... And they have horses and chariots and people more numerous than you. Don't be afraid of them, the Lord God says, because I'm going to be with you. See, it's one thing when you face something alone and you have no courage. It's another thing knowing that you have a God that's with you to face those things with you. Can I get amen? God's power is enormous. I mean, he speaks things into existence, right? I mean, I was looking at the mountains. We were, we were in, the, in, the, in the woods, you know, and by there was a lot of bears there. They, they, there's a lot of bears. So, and they tell you, hey, if, if you run into a grizzly bear, you're supposed to act really tall. And if you, if you run into a black bear, you're supposed to act dead. And so Alyssa and I were taking a walk in the woods, and we were trying to find where the zip line was and other kind of things. And I'm thinking about this. Wait, is it stand tall for the grizzly or play dead with the grizzly? And, is it, and I, was, I was thinking, how do you, uh, you know, I wish I had somebody with me to guide me, but I didn't, you know. Why am I mentioning grizzly bears? Why did I mention bears? Oh, something about being strong and courageous. 
about the mountains. Oh, oh, God's power being enormous. God speaks things into exist- existence. And, and though he has this vast universe, he still promises to be with us. See, sometimes we lose, fact of the fa- we lose track of the fact that God is with us where we go. We sometimes we feel like, but Lord, I was all by myself when I went through da-da-da, right? And the Lord says, no, I was with you. Okay, well, um, sometimes we, we forget the fact that God, um, God's power is, 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 is massive. So he says, be strong in the Lord. He doesn't say be strong in yourself, but be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. He's going to mention this first because it's going to play a very key role in the full armor of God aspect and the, the struggle we face. He gives us encouragement when we need, when we need courage. He's, he gives us strength when we are tired. Isaiah 40 says, Do you not know, have you not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Is there anyone who's weary here today? Anyone who's weary today? God's with you to give you strength. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men may stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up like wings. Mount up with wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow tired, and they will walk and not become weary. He is the strength when we are weak. He gives us strength when we are fearful. God says, do not fear, for I am with you in Isaiah 41. Don't look anxiously about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So when Paul says, be strong in the Lord, He's thinking about all the occasions where people needed the strength. The Israelites coming out of, out of Egypt were fearful. They were slaves. Now, it's a fearful thing to, to first of all, to, to get out of Egypt is a huge thing. I mean, Egypt was the, the power of the world at that time. And to get out of Egypt without having any armament, with, I mean, there's no, you know, they had squirt guns maybe, or you know, they had, you know, what are they, potteries, or they had, you know, what they have? You know, nothing, nothing. So now he's telling Joshua, hey, when you go in, just as you came out with really nothing other than the shirts on your back and what I provide you, guess what? I'm going to come the same way. Not 40 years of wandering, you've learned, you know, arts of war. No, you haven't. You learned to follow me those 40 years. He says, I'm going to be with you. And when I send you to, you know, Jericho, you know, the, who knows the songs, right? Da, 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 da. How does the Jericho song go? Come on. Yeah, something about the walls falling down, Jericho. I just imagine that they're going around the walls, Jericho, and they got their pots and pans and their pottery just enlightening and shouting, you know? What kind of war is that? That looks ridiculous. But, you know, being into God's word, they did it, and the walls came down. Why? Because it, it was their strength that did it? It was the power of God. That's the same God that we have living inside of us. That God, you know, set up his tent and he had to keep a distance. Now this God, he, he dwells inside of us. Some of us are weary and tired. Because we've been trying to knock down the walls on our own. We've been trying to do the battles in our own strength. David found strength in the Lord when he found, 
when he was in difficult times. You can read the Psalms all over the place. God's power enables us to stand firm. Look what he says in, in verse 11. Put on the full, full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Before it's walk, this walk in love, walk in unity, walk in light, now it's stand firm. Because you and I stand in the territory that Christ has conquered. Christ is the, is the, he's the conqueror. He's the warrior king. And he has taken territory and, and namely people from, from the devil, right? From, from, from the kingdom of darkness. And the devil doesn't like that. He, he doesn't like when, when, when God wins. He hates that. So he wants to get back. So he, he'll come back for you. He'll, he'll, he'll want to, to, to somehow get you back into his, get, get your body. There's some Christians who are in chains right now. Some Christians who are free in Christ, but yet somehow in chains. <clears throat> are you guys hot? It's the lights. His power enables us to stand firm and not retreat. His power enables us to stand firm with him and not retreat. The fact he's with us, the fact that he has enabled us, it's his strength. His power has been has been proven. I mean, Paul talked about early in the, cha- in the, early in the books, in the, go back to chapter one of, of Ephesians. He says that this power, Ephesians one, in fact, Paul prays this. Watch this, verse 18, uh, Ephesians 1, 18. He says that I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of what? His power towards us who believe. What kind of power was this, Paul? This was in accordance with the strength of his might, which he brought about, verse 20, in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. That's the same power God's talking about here. When Christ was risen from the dead, it has been demonstrated and proven. It's interesting that in the scriptures, God uh, is seen as, as, as uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. He's seen as the one who does our battle. He fights for us. He makes Christ alive. He makes us alive. He seats Christ in the heavenlies. He, sits, he seats us in the heavenlies with him. He made us alive together, he says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Look there real fast. We're just one page over. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says what? Well, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins once you formerly walked according to the prince of the power, the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that's now working the sons of disobedience. You were dead. But, verse 4, God, being rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. We were dead and now we're alive. The reason why I'm, I'm, I'm 
really emphasizing this is because there are, when we get to the idea of, of the enemy that has his, the strength of the enemy can be overwhelmingly, over, well, is there, is there overwhelmingly, we can be overwhelmingly overwhelmed. Is that such a, I just made up a, can I tweet that, you know? See, see here's the thing, is, is, is today, and maybe not in this room, but maybe so, a lot of people forget that there's a devil, and there's a, there's a real adversary. And so I need to emphasize the, the strength of his might, of God's might, before we talk about the schemes and tactics of the devil. Why? Because it's like this. If I go into the forest, and I know there's all kinds of mountain lions and bears around, I want to make sure I have a good guide who has a big gun <laughs> with me, <laughs> because I don't want to be caught dead defenseless. I don't want to run into a grizzly. Actually, at the camp, the, 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 um, the workers, you know, they're all like college students, you know, and they all have camp names, not their real names, but they have camp names that have to do with something about their life. So one guy's name was Grizzly. And he, I don't know, he met me, he's 20 years old, I forget. And his name is Grizzly because he had a run-in with a, with a bear. He had a fight off a bear. And he lived to tell and he, and he still he works at a camp where there's bears around. I would be like, "See you later. I'm going to the beach. I never want to see the camp ever again." Anyway, but God Himself is our God. God Himself Himself is our strong right hand man, so to speak. He is our warrior king. He's our He's He's the one who's strong in battle. Isaiah four, uh, forty two or uh, Exodus fifteen rather says that the Lord is a warrior and the Lord is his name. Isaiah 42 says that the Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war and he will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a, a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. I'm just thinking of, of um, Braveheart. You ever guys see the movie Braveheart, you know? You just watched it. Um, William Wallace, you know, freedom, you know? And the Mel Gibson with the blue and white paint, you know, I'm just picturing that, you know? He's... Those guys are encouraged because their leader's right there with them. And he's strong. That's our God. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord God is in your midst, and he's a victorious warrior. He will exalt you over you with joy. He will quiet you in his love, and he will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Our God is stronger in battle. Our God is our strength our God is mighty, and the reason is because we need his power to face the kind of enemy we're going to face. That's the next phase. First phase was what? First movement? The empowerment of our God. Why is that needed? Number two, because the enemy we face. Look at verse 11. Back to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the full armor of God. That's how we're going to get our strength, we'll find out. So that you will stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Here it is, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Turn to your neighbor and say, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. (laughs) That would be a good marriage conference someday, you know. Honey? Honey? You know, that would be. But... 
against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, or let's stop there, who are we up against? The enemy we face is not to be underestimated. The enemy we face is not to be underestimated. He is a powerful being. I, th- I, I think it's a phrase from the mighty fortresses our God, from Martin Luther. On earth, there is, he, he has no equal. He is, uh, obviously, he's called the adversary. Uh, that's the, the Hebrew name is Hashatan, the devil, the, the accuser. He was once the anointed cherub, the, the one who helped lead worship maybe in heaven, and he had tremendous closeness to God, tremendous power by God. Uh, he is, he's powerful. He's not as powerful as God. There's no one as powerful as God, but he is powerful. He has all kinds of authority on this earth. Uh, he has, uh, Paul mentions different rulerships and powers and world forces and principalities. There's a structure to his kingdom. This is a clash of, I'm just thinking of The Hobbit, you know. You guys ever seen The Hobbit? Lord of the Rings, good and evil, you know. Good guys, bad guys. Massive battle, massive conflict. We don't see it with our fleshly eyes necessarily. I mean, we see it outplayed in divisions and divorce and disputes. We see it played out in that way. But in the heavenly realm, we don't see it. There's an unseen um, battle. There's an unseen um, spiritual world that exists that is more real than this world right now. Um, you, you see, and we're not going to have a chance to, to look at all the scripture on that, but you see that in throughout many portions of scripture where this battle happens. Yeah, where uh, there's uh, forces that are adversarial to adversarial. Is that a word? Okay, I'm making up words here. Adversarial to God and his plans. It's interesting that if you look at the temptation of Jesus in uh, like Matthew 4, Jesus is tempted by the devil and he says... Um, the devil says, uh, he says, all, he says, uh, throw yourself down from here. Uh, he says, oh, he says, um, he took him to a high mountain, Matthew 4, 8, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. The devil was given authority of the world. When Adam and Eve sinned, they basically handed the devil control of this world. So the kingdoms of the world are, that's why, don't, just a side note, don't get so caught up in who the political leaders are doing. What they're, they're all under, another, there's other things controlling them. Uh, the things that happen, the world, the world forces, the, the things that happen in the, in the world, um, politically, let's say, those leaders are just puppets. They need our prayers. That's what Paul says, pray for those in authority over you. He says that in Romans. I know I'm getting off track here. This enemy we face is powerful. He has the kingdoms of the world. He's, he's called the ruler of this world. Uh, 
1 John 5 says that the whole world lies in his power. This is our adversary. He's real. He is powerful, but not as powerful as God. What's he like? Well, he's dark. He's he's evil. He's a murderer. He's a liar. Nothing he says is truthful. And his whole intent is to steer you away from God. And he's determined to take back what Christ took from him. Jesus tells a story about about, um, a man that was, well, not a story, but like a parable about a strong man that's bound. He says, you can't take that strong man's possessions unless the stronger one comes in and binds that strong man. And the stronger man is Jesus, the strong man was the devil, and the possessions are us. So Christ has rescued us from that. And the devil's so conceited and so prideful and so, so disillusioned of himself that he is absolutely convinced that he can get you back. He's absolutely convinced that he can be God. He's very determined. How many of you guys have served in the military before? Anybody served in the military? If you're in, in, if you're in wartime and you're out in the field... How important is it for you to be prepared? How important is it for you to have your guns ready, your armor up? If you wear armor, let's just pretend, you know, if we had actual, actually you do have flop jackets, things like that. How important is that? Extremely important. Because the enemy is looking for any opportunity to do his work. And here's what he does. He causes... Doubts, he causes well, divisions, distrust, disbelief. Did God really say? He can have a real theological conversation with you as well. And he can talk to you about the scriptures, about God, and twist your point of view of what God's doing. That's why Jesus, Paul says, be strong in the Lord. It got really quiet in here. He is deceitful. He was able to deceive a third of the angels. Why am I pointing this out? The reason is because we have an adversary that's powerful, but not as powerful as God, but he's our adversary. And Paul says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. It's a real battle. And he is not stopping his attacks. Jesus is victorious over him. In fact, the scripture talks about how Jesus, uh, in, in, uh, uh, Jesus sort of parades his victors before he, he kind of runs into town with the people he's conquered and he just kind of prayed to them, you know, walks into town that way. We are victorious in Christ. But we cannot sleep or we cannot take one we can't take our what is this? Our foot off the pedal, so to speak. 
Because Paul says we are aware of his schemes. The enemy we face is determined. He's deceitful. What does he do? Okay. Because sometimes I think, what does this look like for the enemy to attack? What does it look like? It looks like this. Um, It looks like you coming home from vacation and you go to your car and the car doesn't start. And you have to be at church the next day. And you could either get really, really angry and frustrated and I'll bend out of shape or you can say, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. That's a simple example. Uh, It may look like um, I mean, that's the first example that came to my mind because last night I came home and I was expecting to go start my car and it didn't start. So I had to spend the next hour or more just taking up my time because it was not in my schedule to fix my car. It's the, it's the, it's the coming home and, and things you expected to have be done were not done. Um, it's the, it's the, the, day, the days that you want to serve God. Here's what happens. Satan will attack when you decide to follow God. It looks like this. <clears throat> we wanted to be obedient to God years ago at Calvary and get baptized. I had never been baptized, and Sharon had never been baptized, and we're like, well, let's get baptized. Wouldn't you know, was it the whole week? I want to say the whole week. We were like, you know, just arguing, and little things would just set you off, right? And to that, that very day we came to church, and we're going to be baptized, that's, you know, it's you know, a step of obedience. When you want to be obedient to God, the devil doesn't like that and says, well, no, 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 no. Up to the time, in fact, the very time when we went under the water, not together, well, I was, were you first? I don't remember. One of us. The time into the water, came out of the water, it was gone. The adversary did not want us to just, uh, we take different, it's just baptism, right? No, it's not just baptism, it's just Jesus said, go get baptized. So that's obedience to Jesus and the devil doesn't like that. But sure enough, the time, that was like, that was gone. You want to start a church? You want to raise your kids in the Lord? You're going to get resistance. It's, it's going to look like thorns and thistles in your path trying to steer you away to another direction. Lord, you don't need to go to the cross. No, no, no. You don't, no, let it not, no, you don't need to go. No, and Jesus says to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Why? Because you're not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. So when you want to decide to follow God in doing obedience or doing something in ministry, you're going to get resistance. You want to raise your kids in the Lord. And you read a little book, and it says it's so easy raising godly kids. And in real life, (laughs) it doesn't work. They will try your patience. And you will pray over them. You will dedicate them to the Lord. And you'll think... Yes, I dedicated them. Lord, we are, we are home free. In TV shows, it works like that. 
in real life, your prayers that you prayed for, well, in my case, Alyssa and Joshua, were just the beginning. Before they were born, we prayed over them. Daily is the battle. It's not like you just add water and poof, a, a godly Christian comes. You know, there's a lot of, you know, they go to school and there's influences from school. Christian or non-Christian school. They read books, they watch movies, they do now and And somehow, your little package of joy has all kinds of nonsense going on there upstairs and you're fighting against that. Now, now you start seeing where they're going in their, in their thought process. Now how serious are you about praying in spiritual warfare? Just got your attention because now it's hitting close to home. Because that little child that you have dreamt about for years, prayed over for years, you're not going to let Satan have his way. I'm going to spend until the day I die praying over my kids, love my kids, honoring my wife in front of my kids, showing them everything I can to say, this is the path. Because I know everywhere along that path there's going to be an adversary that wants to take them a different direction. And I am not, they, they're too much they're too valuable to me. See, the adversary, he'll go after the things you care about. He likes to hit below the belt. He's not fair. He's ruthless. He is evil. There's no good in him. The good news, though, is he has been defeated. Our God has defeated him. And our God is with us. He is with us as we agonize over our kids. He's with us as we worry and as we contemplate what's going to happen. He's with us. Satan is powerful, but he's not all powerful. He is defeated. And Christ is our champion. The enemy we face is determined, but so are we. We have a God who says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never let you go. I'm not giving up on you. I have plans for you. I have hopes for you. Hey, listen, some of you guys have given up hope. You've seen the enemy work in your lives, and you say, this is hopeless for me. Let me remind you, dear one, that you have a God who even though death stared him in the face, said, I'm going to conquer the death. That even though the most terrible circumstances faced him in being, for a short period of time, the Father turned away from him. Jesus Christ took that separation from the Father to conquer sin, hell, and the grave. Christ died on the cross when at any moment he could have said, Father, that's it, I'm done. He stayed there until the work was done. He completed that work by shedding his 
His precious, sinless blood on the cross as an atonement for us. And God raised Him from the dead. Now guess what? Jesus Christ is now over those principalities and those powers and He's seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of God. And guess what? Even Satan himself has to go through Jesus to do anything to us. He's on a short leash. And God will allow him to work in your life for a purpose that God has, but he will not defeat you and he will not crush you or he will not cause you to be separated from God's love. Let me just finish with this real guy, real fast. Some of us, and the Lord spoke this to me today, because some of us are battle-weary. How many of you guys are battle-weary? You're, you're, you're weary from the battle. You're, you've, you felt the, 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 the blunts, the, 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 the punches, and you felt the arrows, and you felt the... You, you feel it. God says, he says, my people are battle-weary. We didn't have the chance to get into all the armor of God. We'll do it next week. But I just want to make one point. The armor of God is the armor that's from God and it's also God's own armor. And God's armor can take the blunt punishment. It can take the blows. God's armor is designed to take the blows. God says, I will be a shield about you. I am your peace when you have no peace. I am your righteousness when you have no righteousness. If you're battle-weary today, I want to give you an opportunity to, to come forward and have a time with, time with the Lord in just confession or prayer and, and just seeking Him. He wants to be that shield about you. He wants to be that protector. He is that protector. We have a good God. We have a gracious and loving God. We have a powerful God who conquers, who's with us. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for our time in your word and, and thank you, first of all, Lord, for the fact that you are, you are our strong tower. You are our refuge. Father, you are our strength when we are weak, God. You are you are our protector. You are our champion. And some of us here today, Lord, are battle weary. They have taken we have taken the onslaught of the enemy and we just can't take it anymore. We just we're just tired and we're worn out. We want to seek your presence right now, God. We want to seek your help right now. If you want to come, anyone wants to come forward and just kneel here at the steps of the altar and cry out to God. If you want to pray, please, you're welcome to do so. Father, we give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen.